Photographer Chris Lemus. We're going to talk about oh, so many things. He started a new statuary modeling show that he has a combination of of installations, and he is also high fashion still, and he's still doing celebrity fashion, and he's still doing all kinds of things. It's a really fun conversation about how busy Chris has been. Here's Chris. Hi, Chris. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Good to be back with you, Sherry. How you doing? I'm doing good and uh, doing better, actually, since I missed uh, the Monday opportunity. I had to interview with you uh, because I wasn't feeling good, so I'm doing better. Thank you. Um. You you were you just had like a little tummy flu, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. I was actually um, I don't know if I told you, but I was in San Francisco over the weekend uh, prior to uh, Monday, and um, I can go into the details of what that was about. Uh, but I don't know. I ate something and I tr- drank quite a few beers. Uh, I think Saturday night and felt okay the next day Sunday. You know, I mean as far as I could. Uh, but then I something later on in the day that that night uh, after I got back home, I just something my stomach was not feeling good. You just kind of know, you know, when something's not right. And, and the next morning I woke up, I was like achy. I had che- you know chills and just wasn't feeling good. So the whole day I had to sleep. Mm. Yeah, I know it's horrible. It's it's weird. And as you get older, your body becomes more vulnerable. Right, which I have been warned about through many friends who are older than me that have told me similar things. So it's the need to take care of yourself. And yeah, yeah. you were correct. I mean, I have I have thrown my shoulder out while I was asleep. Oh wow! And I have no idea. I mean, I wasn't wrestling anybody in my sleep. Uh, okay. But I will. You know, I. That would have been my first guess. Yeah. I had a dream about wrestling, and I woke up with a, no, nothing. Like It was just a, a normal night, and I woke up, and my shoulder was killing me, and I didn't know what was wrong. I actually must have been sleeping on it weird, because uh, I actually tore a ligament. Oh, man, that's kind of hardcore, Sherry. I know, and that was sleeping. That's, and that would probably never have happened if I was in my 20s or my 30s. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would imagine, or if it did happen, and you would bounce out of it after a day or two. Yeah, which it does. It takes a lot longer for stuff now to bounce. <laughs> no, no, I do. I know all about that. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know it's just it's just weird. Or you can you can be walking and you walk wrong, 
and you hurt your ankle, but you didn't trip or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true too. And uh, inflammation is always a constant companion uh, for for so many reasons. So that's part of it. So I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but cheers to our health on that note, you know. I know. Well, it's a scary time anyway, so. I mean, I didn't get COVID. I'm lucky, knock wood. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. You know, but I'm fully vaccinated anyway. But mm -hmm. I, even before, I was just lucky, you know. I know a lot of people who did. Um, it's just it, you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, the thing this you're saying, take care of yourself. <laughs> right. No, that's the key. You got to take care of yourself. I know. Um, <laughs> Cheers to our help. <laughs> yeah. So how um, how have you been doing with your work? What anything new and exciting? Yeah. So as I was. Uh, telling you a little bit ago um well god it's like kind of how do i regroup on that it's i i'm back just so i guess anybody who's listening might who have any um uh knowledge of what i've done or what or what our interviews have been about in the past you know i'm back to uh the, my studio space which i did not have access to for the last almost two years prior to last september and so i'm back there there's a wall that i built in the backyard for anyone who doesn't know um, that it's this quarter acre of land here in Phoenix. It's just beautiful, lush, tall trees. And everything's kind of an anomaly uh, in a desert town like this. And um, I built a wall 10 feet by 16 feet, and I paint it uh, whenever I need to use it as a backdrop for these fashion shoots that I do with this designer uh, colleague of mine. He just designs these exquisite unbelievable uh very avant-garde type of fashion pieces and gowns and dresses that are just hard to describe unless you see them kind of uh like maybe on my website or my instagram or something like that or her page or the designer's page uh, to get an idea what they're all about so i've been back to work there on these um uh well these paint schemes that i use as backdrops for these different dresses and now that she's back in the country uh, which is why I'm able to, because uh, she was teaching in Singapore for the last uh, couple years straight. And now that she's back, we're back to work on the projects involving the photo shoots with these dresses. And uh, she had brought back a whole new collection that she had put together while she was out there. And these pieces are cool, man. They're so freaking cool. I mean, they're just, it just never ceases to amaze me what she comes up with. And so now I'm in the process of uh, designing new schemes for uh, the, these upcoming dresses, so it's a, it's a whole new series of shoots coming up with, with images and very cool stuff that I'm very uh, happy to be working on, along with, uh, on another note, this uh, sculpture project that I'm working on, which will be a wearable art piece in conjunction with a fashion show that we're hoping to produce at the end of the year. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, okay, can you explain a little bit about the sculpture that the fashion wearables? Because it's it's not that clear to the audience. Okay, so yeah, what it is, it's a riff off of a uh, a character from Babylon Five, which is a sci-fi series that um, I, I was a big fan of and still am. Uh, that was in the '90s, I think it was on the CW back then or whatever network that was, or. Um, TNT, and then it, I think it was on TNT also. Anyway, um, there was a character in that series uh, that was very otherworldly and very different, and I was very fascinated by the costume they designed around that character, so I thought, 
one day I'm going to make one of those. Man, it's just so cool. Well, I mean, you can't really buy one online. It's like the one from the series. I mean, it's not something you can go and buy at a costume shop. They're very custom, very unique. And a lot of times they throw away um, the props, the prop builders, after the end of, end of a production, um, these costumes. And I always thought, one day I'm going to just bite the bullet and figure out how to make one and make one. So I have actually done that. In the process of the last nine years, going on nine years, I have put to, figured out how to do it and put together an actual, legit, beautiful, um, at least in my opinion, um, going to be wearable version of what you would see in that particular show. And what I want to do is take my version of it, paint it differently than the one in the show. The design is different, even though it's very much got similar characteristics and similar physio physiology, it's still different, which is what I wanted. I don't want to copy directly. I want there to be a, a new variation on that theme because that's part of the creative process. And it adds interest also. And, um, I'm so excited about it, and I've spent so much time and money on it now, and I'm, and I'm making it as nice as I can make it, to the point of being, you know, maybe even gallery or museum uh, ready if I ever, ever decide to display it. So that's what that's about, and I don't want to go into too many details because it's kind of hush-hush right now, which I hate to uh, say because people probably might be curious. But it is coming, and it's it's going to be probably within the next six, or actually the next three months, that the bulk of it will be finished and ready pretty much for the final paint scheme on it. And then we're going to design some fabric around it that will be uh, to cover the person who's inside of this thing walking around in it when we get to that point. So it's kind of a long-winded description of what this thing is. Hey, it makes it understandable so everybody listening knows, oh, okay, now I understand how it's wearable. <laughs> yeah, and, and the idea was, I mean, the, well, obviously the one in the show was wearable because they had, a, they had an actor inside this thing walking around and stumbling around, I'm sure, because it's like I don't know how they're going to see inside to figure all that out, and that's kind of like um, engineering aspects because the person inside will be covered up with like a curtain around them. They, you will not see a person inside of it. You, it's not humanoid. It's going to be, think of a walking shower curtain with a head on it. That's basically what it's going to be. <laughs> Poor model. <laughs> yeah, right. So I know that sounds extremely you know, primitive and sort of blocky, but that's sort of the only way I can describe how a person will be involved. So it's not even about a human inside of it. I just need a person inside of it to get the thing to move around. That's really what it's about, why there's a person involved in it. Uh, but the rest is more about the design and, and the function, uh, or not even the function so much, but just the design and the presence of this thing and how it's going to relate to the fashion uh, that my designer friend is, is going to be uh, conjuring up uh, for the show that we're hoping to do. And then either way, I'm going to do something with it. With the sh I'm going to make a short film if all goes as planned and have some cool photo shoots involving it and just a lot of fun stuff. It's just a fun labor of love that just totally applies to my love and fascination with science fiction and um, shows that I was in love with, you know, growing up and, you know, even through my adult life too. And it all, it all kind of uh, comes together in that through this thing that I'm making. Are you thinking about doing a tableau at like um, at a convention, science fiction convention? Oh, well, that's a great question. I could, I mean, ideally I could, I, I think if there was a, like a maybe a, you know some sort of a cosplay contest. I'm certain that I could probably once it's done to my liking and I feel good about it, 
I could take it out and, you know, have it walk around and be displayed. I don't know if I want to go that route, though, because I feel, at least at this point, because I feel like I want to separate myself from just the average cosplay convention, at least, right, at least from the start. I want it to be more specific to um, this fashion environment that we're creating for the show and for my own maybe short film purposes I do sort of a little short film thing that's not directly related to the show because I don't want to cross any copyright boundaries obviously um, but I want to definitely have at least some aspect of this thing that does for fans of this show Babylon 5 again by the way uh, that there would be a recognizable aspect to it but not something that I'm not going to copy anything verbatim or, or try to reproduce anything directly like that but I, I don't know if I'll go the, the, the convention route right away someday I would say perhaps and I want to make it so if I do go that route it certainly can be able to fairly easily be assembled on location at a, at a convention and then be displayed with whoever might be wearing it so yeah that's a good question well, I was actually thinking more like a I, not, instead of cosplay I was thinking of like a tableau like you know, living art in like the art section of the convention. Oh, that's, that's a thought. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, that's certainly an option. Because they yeah. do that. In, Good idea. They do that in museums. They have um, yeah. models in incredibly uncomfortable looking things uh, doing <laughs> tableaus yeah. for whatever their uh, their theory, well, not theory, um, their type of show that they're doing. Um, uh, I saw one at a gallery in LA um, where they were doing it like um, <laughs> this is gonna sound really strange, but it was it was actually cool. It was a Smurf thing, but it wasn't it wasn't a display of Smurfs. It was that was what the the theme was, the colors of it, and they had all kinds of different art with the colors of it. And one of the things that they had was a tableau of, it wasn't wearable art, it was just people uh, dressed as like these statues that they are, but in a Smurf style, as best I can do. Um, <laughs> I took no pictures, hmm. so. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. That sounds really cool. It was really cool. It was a couple of years ago. It was, it was pre-COVID. Huh. Yeah, I'm curious. My mind is, uh, you know, my imagination's, uh, you know, trying to put that together, you know, based on what you described. So that sounds really cool. And and again, that's kind of along the lines of what I'm trying to do. And and not to not not to just take this so far off track from you know what I do, what my my career is and my job, and that's photography. Um, but this will tie into that, you know. So again, it's it's something that I'm creating because I do have a very a very sculptural side to me. I always have, even since I was little. Um, and uh, I was just thought I always loved to, you know the idea of making something. But once I make it, now it's like, how do I show the world? Well, I got to film it. I got to photograph it. I got to. I want to get it out there, in, in at least visually, and especially if I do some sort of a a short of some kind or some sort of abstract film element tying into my you know photographic skills and my film film aesthetic and all those kind of things so yeah i mean it's it's just uh another tangent to what i do and what i'm doing and how it's going to all relate to of course these again which i said earlier these fashion shoots that i'm doing that are really really cool so it's all going to kind of tie in it's going to be really cool the arc that we're on with this um timeline though again it's, it's hopefully for all this this 
this actually this show to culminate all of what I'm talking about would be the end of this year, okay. uh, beginning of next year. So uh, I need the time because we have so much to do. I have a question because um, I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes for TV shows and movies, and they've been talking about dealing with COVID. Um, when you now that you're back and you're doing it, but you know, I mean, masks aren't required in California, but they're required in other states. Um, if you, if you have your vaccination, do you have like, I mean, is it different? Do you like, do you have to uh, stand a certain uh, length away? Does, I mean, the model of course can't wear a mask, but do you wear a mask? I mean, how is it different now? Well, it's Arizona is different than California and uh, other states. You're right; it's sort of compartmentalized. I mean, there's just a lot. It's like a patchwork of different policies everywhere you go in the country. But uh, at least here, there's really no mask mandate anymore. You can go anywhere, and I mean, unless it's just like certain organizations like Scottsdale Arts, uh, a lot of like Arizona Opera, they'll require masks inside for their productions and their shows and performances. Uh, and I know because I've worked those events, doing step and repeat photos, which are just very basic things, um, which is my, part of my bread and butter work, uh, as photo photography goes. But yeah, a lot of those places require masks inside those venues. But generally, um, it's more the policy of the um, producer of, of an event or photo shoot to decide if they want masks. Like for instance, when we're shooting outside at this location that I, um, I designed this wall that I talked about uh, which is outdoors there's no mask we don't we don't wear masks I mean unless it's part of the costume or the fashion um, there's there's no need because we're all outside and by now most people not everybody but a lot of people have been vaccinating myself included and uh, we just sort of we just do what everyone feels comfortable with and if uh, if I feel that you know, people on set might want to mask up. I, I don't discourage it. I totally encourage anyone to do what they feel comfortable doing. I do not tell people what to do on my on my sets. I don't say, you know, you need to wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask. I just do what I feel is sort. I sort of it's like to each their own, and that's sort of my attitude in life about things, anyways. But I just there's not a lot of stringent restrictions at this point uh, on set. You know, on my own productions, which are just things that I sort of self-produce. Um, beyond that, though, it's really more the call of the producer or the production company or the client or whoever it is that's hosting an event. That's kind of how it is. But most of them, most places, public places, there's no mask requirements anymore. I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, it does. I mean, it, to me, it seems that we are kind of stuck with the after effects of this thing. And it's like everywhere. <laughs> And I, I was just curious how it was affecting your business. Yeah, really. Um, I got to admit, since last July of last year, my business just picked up categorically. I mean, it was like everything that I've been doing. I mean, clients, that, existing clients that I had and then a couple newer clients really picked it up. They just decided, all right, it's time to get back to work. And, you know, Chris, are you available to shoot this? And can you shoot this? And we need you for this. Are you available? And, and I had to actually had to turn down a lot of work this year because I was just so booked, um, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but there was a phase <laughs> around the end of between November and January, uh, just a few months back, where I was I turned down a lot of work and I was like, dang man, I don't 
I never really had to do this before. And it's like, now I do. It's just, there's such demand going on. And so um, I'd say that people, particularly in this state, again, got to remember, there's a little bit of a different mindset with people in the state of Arizona versus California, state versus Montana, state versus New York. Um, the people here just in the businesses here uh, and my clientele are really just you know, I'd say collectively, we're all just sort of, oh, we're tired. We're just, we, we realize, look, this is endemic. It's no longer pandemic, it's endemic. It's just a part of life, you know, the COVID-19. And we have to adapt to it and just move forward and not be afraid because that's all we can do with anything in life, really. And um, I think people are sort of at that point where, like, they're, like, cautiously moving forward and having events again and, you know, when when Omicron came out, there was a little bit of a step down. A couple of clients canceled some events just recently, but I, but they've come right back uh, once they realize, okay, it's, let's, things are looking a little bit better again. Let's let's start back up again. You know, and that's kind of what it's been like. It's it's been a lot of that, but still overall a strong resurgence of work and demand for work. And as you know, nationwide there's a shortage of employees available. There's a you know there's there's a lot of hiring going on and. It's it's category. I mean, it goes across all the categories of work. I mean, everybody. And unemployment nationwide is down almost to pre-pandemic levels now, which is a good thing. Yes. Uh, so, I would say that reflects also in my business. Now, will it taper off? Sure. You know, everything flows and ebbs. But um, I got to say, though, the last year I, I've been very fortunate and, and a lot of gratitude for what I have had. And. Um, with all the jobs and all I do is photography. That's all I do. I don't do anything else for money. I do it full time. So that's so unfortunate. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunities and the people in my life that have hired me and believe in me and like my work and like to work with me and vice versa. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, I guess my overall take. I, I hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. I have another question. That's kind of strange. Um, I, I had interviewed another photographer and, he used the opportunity to take pictures of stuff he'd never taken pictures of before. He uh, like uh, went around to uh, his state and he was taking pictures of like different landmarks and stuff. And he made his whole a, a whole different kind of thing, totally different than his normal. Did you do any experimentation during the shutdown like that? Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, I I kind of did. Um, well, I would say yes. I mean, and I think I told you on one of our last or uh, more recent interviews, um, I did a good bit of traveling, especially in October of 2020, where I went on a big road trip and just did a lot of uh, just travel photography and just sort of went around. Uh, we went on this uh, road trip. It was like 10 states that I'd never been to, and we just – stopped at national monuments, national parks, and just pulled over on the side of the road in some cases just to get cool photos as we drove. And it was quite cool. Okay, so yeah, I'm, so uh, anyways, I, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I was saying that we went on a road trip in October of 2020, and that was an opportunity for me to photograph new things uh, besides just the creative fashion projects that I, um, I worked so hard on. Uh, because of the pandemic and because, you know, it couldn't get to the space uh, that I was using for a while for a couple of reasons um, because of the pandemic also. And uh, 
yeah, I was able to get some really cool shots, uh, and it just on my phone, incidentally, um, of the landmarks and places we stopped and public park, I mean, national parks and even places along the drive that were just really beautiful or cool. And we'd pull over and I'd get shots with my phone. And I was going to say, incidentally, uh, I shot a ton of pictures, actually all of them on my phone just to really push the iPhone to the limit. Um, but I got some great quality images from that. And, uh, I was going to say I was in San Francisco last weekend uh, for the reason of um, two of the images that I had photographed on that road trip back in 2020, I submitted to a contest um, called My Park Moment by Photoville. That's like a, a photography conglomerate, and they sort of sent me an email, say, submit your park, you know, photographs uh, to this site and we will and we the winners will be selected to be displayed at Presidio Park in San Francisco and uh, two of the five images actually that I submitted got selected along with you know a lot of really cool images from other people and photographers uh, amateurs and pros alike um, and so anyways they selected two of my shots and they put them on these they printed them on these these uh, weatherproof banners that they had on display outside of the park in San Francisco so I went there to see them last weekend cool I mean, it's interesting that uh, your phone can now be in that big a type of display thing, you know? It, yeah. It, it's, it's just wild. Oh, my God, yeah. And, I mean, it's it, it, the quality uh, of the images is enough to where, I mean, they're not like I get with my DSLR, my, my main camera, obviously, but they're still for an iPhone 8, which is an old phone, by the way, um, not bad. And they enlarged them, and they didn't look terrible at high enlargement, um, you know, which most phones you don't print super large on, at, the, at least up to this point, but now you can. And so anyways, yeah, I was impressed with the fact that an iPhone 8 was able to deliver the quality it did, and they, they actually selected these and printed them, and they looked not too bad at like 20 by 20 inches, uh, which is a pretty big size from an iPhone. Yeah, that's huge. And so two of them were, they had printed, and so I scrutinized them, of course, up close, and, you know, <laughs> looked at all the flaws and thought, oh, how could I have made that better, you know, in terms of the print quality, but... Uh, the file I submitted to them um, from these. But, yeah, it was just cool to see them up and just great to do something completely different, like a, a long road trip that I'd never take the time to do. But we did because of the pandemic, and we had time to do it back in 2020. And I turned that into something that I was able able to get displayed because they liked my work, and it made me very happy. <laughs> so um, I was like, cool, this is, this is a fun other outlet to my photographic journey besides my creative productions that I like to do that are really sort of like my my wheelhouse of creative passion, so to speak. So anyways, yeah, that's that's an example of that. But but I'd say kudos to anybody who who you know, photographers particularly or, or artists who take a situation like COVID, which has huge lockdowns and restrictions and they redirect and they find new ways to reinvent themselves and their work. I think that's great everybody yeah i think so too i think i mean it's like improvisation and acting it's just you're doing your own thing and you, there's no structure and i like that because it's it's very creative oh absolutely so anyways yeah that's that's kind of what i've been doing and uh there's there's so much work in progress it seems like that's well that's my life i will always be working on something 
until I die. And uh, if I'm not, that means, okay, what's going on, dude? You're not working on something. You know, you, we, there's so much to do. There's so much to create. There's so much to, to, you know, to find your passion, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's you know, art or something else. I mean, there's a lot to do. And so I'm, I'm just happy I've got a lot on my plate to, in between my jobs, actually, my photographic jobs, to actually do that's you know keeps me captivated and, and drives me and gives me a lot of passion and that's very important i mean it's, it's a good way to, to spend life just to you know do things you really love doing this is a different question i don't think i've ever asked do you have like a, a dream vision that you want to capture something that is like something that's pure imagination that i don't know if you dreamt it or you just dream of it or it's just a spark of inspiration that you you can create a special amazing thing that is only in your mind do you have anything like that um well in a way it's kind of what i'm doing now i mean honestly um so that's that's kind of why i'm really happy about what i have been doing but uh, that's a good question um I don't know if you, I don't know if you'd be more specific, or is it just more of a general dream or passion or something like you well, say? Or like, I have um, I have this fascination with time travel, and I, when I wrote a, a radio play because it was all about time travel, and then I it ended up being a two part radio play, but it was just because of my passion for time travel that I did it and then I had no idea what I was going to do with it and I had this incredibly crazy dramatic super science fiction story that I had never written before in a radio play that kind of a thing does that make is that clear <laughs> oh yeah yeah well I would say okay so I would say that yes um Sort of like what I mentioned earlier, like like I said, I'm you know I'm making this piece. I thought it'd be really cool to create this piece that I'm creating, uh, which was something that I always dreamed of. You know, when I saw it on that television set on, on Babylon Five back in the day, I thought oh, one day I'm going to make one of those. I want to make one of those because it's so cool. This, this particular character from the show and make my own version of it, but make it even better or cooler or at least as cool as the one in the show. And then, and then make a you know make a film. I've I've always wanted to make a, a science fiction film, short film. So I would say that would probably be my dream of dreams as far as you know what I'm doing. And I, it's, it's not saying that I want to become a filmmaker now all of a sudden, not a photographer. That's not it. It's more like I want to I want to venture into that that territory of you know that that, that area and apply what I do with my photography and my sculpture here. And then turn it into something that is is motion based and that you know has a a really cool um, aesthetic and my my you know didn't take the things that I draw inspiration from from movies and sh shows and whatever uh, and, and just take that inspiration and, and turn it into something that I create on film. So that would be kind of that that what you're talking about. And then of course I get like these crazy. And this is another thing. I have these crazy musical mashup ideas where, for instance, I'd like to see a tap dancer uh, do tap dance to – this is completely off topic from the other stuff I'm mentioning. But, but I always I – always, you know, I, I, I find tap dancing interesting, and I've seen tap dancers recently, and I would love to see a tap dancer – and to film this uh, – tap dancing to the drum intro for Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. 
<laughs> because it's got it's got such a tap to it, like and it's got that kind of cool cadence that I could see a tap dancer tap dancing to. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually take a tap dancer, bring him into a studio, set up my, my lights and film it, and then record it audio, audibly record it and just do that because I think it would be the coolest thing ever because it hasn't been done. At least as far as I know, maybe it has. If someone's out there done it, I would love to see it, but I, I don't think it's been done. So I'm going to do it. So these kind of strange musical mashups that I, I, I come up with in my mind are like, who would think that? You know, I, I, you only know I mean. So you know, not say I'm I'm anything special. I'm just saying that I, I have these ideas to do that too. So that's something that's like a dream in the back of my mind to do some cool. Uh, captures like that and then of course put it out there however whatever social media or, or platform or YouTube or whatever just to just to show the world hey check this out Look, check this spin on this idea this riff on this idea things like that I, I always have a dream of doing so I hope that answers your question it does actually there's, there's a lot of other things too by the way there are, there's so many other things I mean if you really get me going I could come up with um, like 10 different things That's that good. I would love to do bucket list things you know what I mean that's good. Bucket lists are that's important, especially for artists. That's really great. Now, when you were talking about that, you know who popped into my head? They're, they're both gone, unfortunately. But Sammy Davis Jr. and Gregory Hines, wouldn't they be amazing doing that? Oh, my God, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now, obviously, yeah, they're not around. Or I'm not, or I don't think, is Gregory Hines still around? Or Gregory Hines passed, passed away really young, unfortunately. Oh, okay, because he was awesome. He was awesome. And so, so yeah, though either of those would be great. But I'd say in lieu of those, things, yeah, they're gone. I'll take anybody who who's just good and could do it and would be down with like saying, okay, I'll, I'll take you up on that. And uh, I even saw a tap dancer at an event I was shooting earlier this year, and I got his I actually got his name and number. So I'm, I may have someone locally that would want to do it just to do it. Um, or if I decide I want to actually put together a budget for something like that, I'll find like maybe someone who's a little bit more well known, and then approach them and say, you know, hey, you want to do a fun little project with me, a little creative musical mashup thing, and I need your I need your skills in the tap tap dancing. So who knows? But uh, that's something that, for instance, again, not to go off topic too much from the main stuff that I'm love and do, which is the sci-fi stuff and the fashion. But again, there's there's still um, tangents that I think all are, you know, sort of pull together the fun aspect I have with, you know, life and things and, and like I said, music and, you know, theater and art and all the things that, I'm, that I'm, I find interest in. And, uh, yeah, there's I think it all kind of connects. And I guess once you see how I would photograph and produce it, there would be or film it. I guess there could be a connection to it all in some way or another. Um, and there I'm could so, be. So, anyways, yeah, that's, I'm that's glad a that yeah, good like reminder of. <laughs> no, I'm glad you like tap tap thing because you know really other than like revivals of uh, anything goes, they're not doing it very much anymore. Yeah, that's just one of those things. It's like, man, who does that? And it's such a cool thing. I who knows? Maybe there's a maybe one day I'll take a tap dance class myself. But, I, I've uh, always you know, loved just, it. Um, I just think that's just again not to not to get too down that rabbit hole, but it's just an it's an example of something that I've had in my mind for a while. That I thought, okay, I got to do this. I just have to do this because I love that drum intro to you know Van Halen, Hot for Teacher. If you don't know it, check it out. On uh, or people who who don't know that song, it's it's pretty funny. It's it's kind of a hilarious height of the '80s, you know, you know, kind of you know, whatever sexual the 
the, the just the, the the mentality then was just so different than it is now. The song itself, um, no one would write a song like that now that I know. And if they if there was one, I'd like to hear it. But I mean, it's just so eighties. It's just and yet that and yet the talent there. I mean, with the drummer. I mean, uh, with you know Van Halen. It's just I think Alex Van Halen, the drummer. I mean, he's just incredible, man. Just, just it's just so cool, and yet it's just so designed for. I think tap dance. I mean, even though it's a, it's a hard rock song, it's just got some cool elements to it. So, anyways, that, that's that's something. Again, I'm gonna try to work on down the road. Maybe after this fashion show thing that I mentioned earlier is concluded, I was like, okay, what do I do now? It's like, okay, start work, work on these other projects. So that'll probably be something to look out for, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that when that time comes. That'd be cool. No, I mean anything that would revive tap dancing is a good thing because it's it's an art. It's an art form, and I think that's a great idea. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe somebody will see your film of it and say, you know, maybe we should do a show with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, man, that's that's the, that's the point, too, is to generate interest and, and get people to collaborate, you know, good, cool people. And, again, that's that's the exciting part of it all. And so i got to stay on track with so many things. and um, Because, I mean, you know, all the things in life that happen kind of sidetrack us, and it's important to just stay in frame and stay focused and, and not get sidetracked too far, you know, so we can get things done. You know, that's so important. That's one thing I've learned, too, in the last couple of years is that it's important to just stay on track and stay focused. So that's sort of like my advice to anybody, too, out there who's, you know, wanting to do things or accomplish things or further their creative endeavors. That's something that's really important to remember. So anyways, yeah. So I think that's about all I got for today. <laughs> that's, really. That was cool. That was a nice thing. Um, I want to um, thank you. Um, do you have a, a, a website? I know you do. Um, is your website updated with some new stuff um, that you want people to check it out? Uh, my website isn't totally updated. It does have some new stuff if anyone hasn't seen it in you know maybe a year or more. But most of my most recent stuff is the very, I'm talking as far as even a few days ago, you can find on my Instagram. That's I think that's the more relevant, up-to-date platform that most people, even photographers, are showcasing on. I do, I mean, the, my website, I think, looks very nice, and I, I would recommend anyone who really wants to dig deep into the things I do and all the categories of work I do, I would direct them to my website uh, to really take the plunge into what my work's all about. Um, and that's chrisloomis.com. And then if you want to just get a glance at, at my, uh, you know, my social media, uh, which predominantly I'm on Instagram uh, as, a, as an image maker, uh, check out Chris Loomis Photo, and that's P-H-O-T-O, Chris Loomis Photo, and that's on Instagram. And uh, check me out there, and then you can see some of my more recent uh, productions, including the most recent of these fashion shoots uh, that I did a cool design for, um, just, just a few weeks ago, really, and um, I'm still actually working on those images. I put a few cool, cool ones on there, and uh, so, anyways, yeah, check that out if, if anyone has an interest. His stuff because, is uh, really cool. You got to check it out. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, it, it is. It's beautiful and it's sexy and it's fun and it's kind of crazy and it's, it's, it's the type of website I like. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time for coming on my show. Thank you so much. Oh, you got it. Well, thanks for having me, and I appreciate your patience with me. Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry.